Hello, 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 and thank you so much for joining me for the podcast of The True Power From Within. I do pray each and every day that this podcast touches you in the most amazing and encouraging way. So today, this is episode 165 of this podcast, and I have been feeling the nudge from God to tell my story again because I have a lot of new friends and a lot of people that haven't heard my story and um, I think that it's a crucial part of you understanding when you listen to my podcast um, where I've come from and I do you know refer to certain snippets of my life um, in my podcast um, when I'm doing it that kind of gives you a little bit of insight, but I feel like it's important. Um, and, you know, it's been on my heart for a little bit to share um, my story again um, for you guys. Uh, but I'm like, well, you know, I talk about my story, you know, in my podcast all the time. So why do I need to retell my story? And I've been, you know, feeling God saying that you need to retell the story. And then something happened yesterday that I'm not going to talk about today. I'll do that in another podcast once everything is kind of worked out. Um, that kind of, um, and then, you know, kind of put it on my heart that I need to share my story again. But then this morning when I woke up and I had a message, it was very, very clear to me that I did need to share my story again. Um, so I do want to start out with a Bible verse because... A lot of times I feel like in our mess is, is what God is, is our message, right? Um, and a lot of times in our lives we go through trauma and pain and we go through so many different things in our lives and we become ashamed or we feel guilty or we, you know, we feel like we're not good enough to come to God, right? We feel like, I know I went through a, a time in my life where I felt like, I wasn't good enough, right? I had done so much bad. I had, you know, I was broken um, and I was just not worthy of being in the presence of God. And I feel like um, it's very important to know that, you know, God uses our brokenness for our purpose, right? There is in our mess is the very message that other people need to hear to give them hope and to give them the faith and to give them the courage to share their story as well and to be able to heal and to be whole. Um, so the, the scripture is uh, 2 Corinthians um, chapter 12, verse 9. It says, but the Lord said to me, my grace is enough for you. When you are weak, then my power is made perfect in you. And I think the scripture is very powerful because it just shows us that it doesn't matter where we've been or what we've done, um, that his grace uh, is always covering us, Um, that we can go to him no matter what our shame is, no matter what our guilt is, no matter how far we've got off the, the beaten path, right? We can always go and turn back to him. Um, so uh, I'm not, I could spend all day talking about my story. Um, I've actually told it so much. I could probably tell it in about five minutes, but I'm going to just kind of go into it a little bit um, and try to keep it, you know, not long, but strong. Um, so um, as a child, I was um, a product of a, of a divorced parents. 
and my parents were young and uh, they got a divorce when I was two. Uh, my dad got custody of me um, throughout my life. I was kind of back and forth in between my grandparents and my dad and my stepmom uh, and eventually went to be with my real mother. Um, about the age of 10, um, I was in fifth grade. Uh, I was physically abused by my stepmother. Um, and from that moment on in my life, um, once that happened, I created a, I created in my mind that I was not worthy. I was not enough. I would never be enough. Um, at the age of 10, I began to totally hate who I was. Um, I was, I felt very insignificant. Um, and then, you know, by the age of, uh, 12, 13, I began to become very rebellious. Um, in between that time of the abuse taking place and, um, the age of, I believe it was about 12, um, at the age of 12, at that point, I hadn't seen my mother, my biological mom since I was two. Um, and because my stepmother was still um, verbally and mentally and emotionally fit, uh, abusive, um, she would make my dad choose in between, you know, her and my brother and sister or me. And I would always end up at my grandparents' house, which was my saving grace. They, you know, are, are amazing. They were amazing people. And I thank God every day for them because they are the ones who instilled in me who God was. Um, if it wasn't for them, um, you know, taking me to church and all of these things that they did in my life, um, I would have never, in the darkest moments of my life, I would have never known who to cry out to. And I'm not going to cry. I don't know why I do this. I do this all the time. It's just because I'm so grateful of where God brought me from. But I'm not going to cry through this whole thing, okay? <laughs> um, so at the age of 12, um, I had just came, I had been living with my grandparents for a while. I was happy. Um, I felt like I was being able to be a child and I was getting that opportunity. Um, and my stepmother realized that I was happy and she felt like I was getting more than what I deserved for my grandparents. So she told my dad to come back and get me and I went back to live with them again. And it wasn't but a couple of days before I did something that she did not approve of or she didn't like. And she immediately called my biological mom in which is, she lived in Massachusetts. We lived here in Texas. And this was about, I don't know, 11, 12 o'clock at night. She calls my mother, uh, my biological mom. And um, by six o'clock in the morning, I'm on an airplane to Massachusetts at the age of 12 to live with someone that I had, I had no idea who they were. Um, at that point, it was, um, I had two other brothers and a sister and uh, very quickly became, um, you know, I felt like I was a babysitter. I felt like I was a, the child that babysat and, you know, did lots of chores. And, um, you know, while my mom and my stepdad um, began, you know, they started riding motorcycles and, you know, doing all this stuff. Well, at the time, I did not know. But my stepfather was an alcoholic. 
Um, and he was a raging alcoholic. So when he would relapse or he would get drunk, it would be verbally um, and mentally uh, abusive. And it got to be so much on me, and I'm not going to go into all of the events that happened, but it got to be so much on me that I decided one day I was going to run away and I was never going to go back. And I did that. I got to school. I called my grandparents on the payphone. That is how old I am. Um, I called my grandparents on the payphone and I was back in Texas before school was out. That's how easy it was back then to get on an airplane. Um, and so I was back in Texas. At this time, I was, you know, almost a teen. I was a teenager. And I began to be very rebellious. I was angry. I was resentful. I felt like I was not protected. I felt like um, I was never good enough. You know, I had all these sisters and brothers that I felt like was, you know, being taken care of. They were with their parents. You know, they were happy. But then you find out, you find out later on in life that the exact same trauma that you went through, they also went through. And you just don't see it. That's something that I'm dealing with at this very moment um, is, is recognizing this. And so um, it was about the age of 16. I started um, taking credit cards and checks from my grandparents. Um, the very people that loved me. The very people that always protected me. But I had this sense of anger and resentment about me that it, there was no coming back from at that point. Um, my grandfather had me arrested. I was arrested um, on those charges. Credit card and uh, check for, or forgery of a check and credit card abuse at the age of 17. Uh, my grandfather never left my side the entire time. Um, my grandmother was the church-going lady, and she was ashamed. She was embarrassed because we always left our problems in the car when we went to church. And for them to know that this little girl that's been coming to church with them this whole time turned into this unrecognizable force, um, she, it was hard for her to, to deal with. Um, I was arrested at the age of 17. Um, and then later on in that same year, I got pregnant with my first son. Um, I had three children by the age of 21. And um, at the age of 21, I became an addict. Um, I was an addict from the age of 21 till the age of 30. And in the meantime, in between that, my, um, my children's father, uh, we went through a very abusive part of our relationship. I... Um, you know, he wasn't ready to be a full-time parent. He still wanted to be a teenager. He still wanted to live life. And I had found my peace with my children. You know, they were my entire world. And he decided one day that he did not love me anymore. And then he decided, um, after a full day of, uh, craziness and the cops being called and I had to go to my part-time job, he decided he was going to load my children up and take off with them. Um, so he took off with them for 23 days. I didn't hear from them. I didn't see them. I didn't know where they were. He locked me out of my house, um, took the only vehicle that we had, and um, that was the day 
That was the day that I gave my life over to the devil for the almost next 10 years, nine years. Um, And that's the first day or the first evening that I started my full-blown meth addiction. Um, So it was, um, you know, very quickly that my children, once I did get them back after 23 days, they watched their mom go from this mother that loved them and, you know, would do anything for them. And they were the center of my life to drugs being the center of my life. Um, I got into another relationship that was very, very abusive. Um, Very abusive to the point that, you know, I was being told that the only way that you're going to leave me is dead. Um, And I believed that. Um, I would walk around with black eyes. Uh, Sunglasses were my thing. Uh, I think that's why I don't wear sunglasses these days because I think they're part of my trauma. Um, I will wear them sometimes, but I don't wear them you know, that often. Um, but you know, it was a very, very, very abusive. Um, and then we ended up in prison. We ended up in prison on drug charges, federal prison. Um, and that was my place. And that was my way to get away from that relationship. Um, in there, um, once I was in prison, I, got on this healing journey. Um, I got on a journey that I was committed to not only getting better for my children, but getting better for me. I didn't know how life was going to turn out. I didn't know once I got out of prison, how things were going to be, but I had committed to myself that I was going to be better. I was going to get sober. I was going to do life like a normal person, however normal people live, right? And it was in the very prison that I began to feel the presence of God, even though I did not think that I was worthy enough to be in his presence. I didn't think that at that point that he would save me from all of the things that I had gone through. And I didn't know if I would even make it through all of that. But there was a pivotal moment in my life, and it didn't happen until after I got out of prison. But I spent three years in prison. I did all of the therapies. I did all of the parenting classes. I did all of the trauma classes, all of the anger classes. I did all of them. Like, I still have all of those certificates from all of those things because... I, I was committed. And then I got out and I got, went to the halfway house. And, you know, I um, got my first apartment, um, which was, you know, only by the grace of God because I had no idea how any of this was going to take place just coming out of prison um, and not even knowing how to live life normal. Like, that's something that I think is a key is I had been so dysfunctional my whole life. Like being normal, I didn't know what that was. I had no idea what normal even was. So not only was I getting out of prison, was I sober, was I trying to do the right thing, but it was all new to me. It was like I was starting something completely new. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what the real world was. I didn't know any of that. But I 
uh, ended up getting a job. And I met a pastor who is now my husband. Um, and, you know, I, I went down, he, you know, to the ministry where he does homeless ministry. And I, you know, started going down there. I started helping. I started, you know, um, helping him feed and listening. And, you know, I think the turning point for me was when I heard him speak a message of grace and mercy. Because... In my life with my grandparents going to church, you know, their church was like, it's heaven or hell and there's no in between, right? So that's the reason that I had it ingrained in my mind that um, I was not good enough to be in the presence of God. I had done too many things wrong. Um, I was a sinner. You know, I was convinced I was going to hell. Like all of these things because... Everything I saw about church or about pastors were perfection. Like you have to be perfect. So when I saw a man that had a story, that had a testimony, and he was a pastor, I was like, this is, this is not normal, right? But the message of grace and the message of mercy is what started me on a path and a relationship with God because I, at that moment, knew that no matter what I had done, no matter how broken I was, no matter what my childhood looked like, I could be forgiven and I could be in the presence and I was worthy of being in his presence and that he was still with me and he still heard me and he was still protecting me regardless of what I had been through. So that was a big pivotal healing moment for me. And that's kind of where I started my, my, my journey and my relationship with God. And that has, you know, eventually led on to where I am now. But I was at a point that I was so fearful of my story. I was so fearful of judgment. I was so fearful of the society labels that I was a convicted felon. I was an addict. I was a statistic, right? I, you know, everybody was looking at me as if I'm going to relapse. Everybody's looking at me as if I'm going to go back to prison. Everybody is looking at me like I'm a failure, right? Like it was constant. And I would even try to refrain as much as I could from doing anything where people would have to run my background or people would know what my background was because I was so fearful of the judgment. And it was like once I started going downtown, I realized that, you know, there's a lot of people in this world that, that, that go through the same thing that I went through. Some of them don't come out. Right? Some of them don't, but some of us do. And I feel like it's our assignment to make sure that those people know the grace and the mercy that God has, that they too can have hope in their life. They too can do something out of the norm. They don't have to be labeled by society. But I was fearful. I was so fearful of judgment. And I felt like God had put it on my heart one day that I needed to get my story out there. And I began to write a book. Now, my book is not perfect. My book has typing errors in it, right? But I self-published my book because it was my 
gateway to get out of the fear of people hearing my story, right? And that was another pivotal moment for me is when I hit that publish button. When those books came to my door and I started giving them to people or selling them to people, it was like, okay, it was like a breath of fresh air to share my story. And the reason I'm saying all of this is I think that sometimes we don't use our voices to tell our stories. And it's not just about telling your story to other people. It's also about when it comes out of your mouth, it is healing. Because we oftentimes hold so much in our brokenness, our shame, our guilt. We hold all of these things in until it just eats away at our soul. It eats us away on the inside. We feel so empty and so lost. And that's when we have mental illness. That's when we have addiction. That's when we have, you know, behavioral issues. That's when we have all of these things is because we're fearful of sharing the story. We're fearful of speaking our truth. We're fearful of the judgment because we feel like maybe we're the only person that's ever gone through that. Or we feel like we're not good enough to be in the presence of God. We feel like we don't deserve to have the life that God has, has ordained for us. But I want you to know that your story and your truth matters. I want you to know that no matter where you've come from, no matter what you have done, no matter what people have done to you, God's grace is sufficient. And your brokenness is not a mistake. Your brokenness is your is is your message, right? Because it says here that, you know, when we are weak, then God's power is made strong. It's in our weakness. It's in our brokenness. It's in our trauma. It's in our pain. It's in our anger. It's in all of those things that God uses to, to help us to be who he has called us to be. And you know, that's just a part of my story. You know, I, I wrote a book. It's called The Journey from Addiction to Hope. Um, it's on Amazon if, if for any of my new friends that want to, to read the whole story. But the reason I wanted to share that with you today is not only because I know people see me on here, hear me on here doing this podcast. And after 165 episodes, it's I guess, you know, God thought I needed to to kind of revamp and refresh as to so you would know the purpose of this podcast. And the purpose of this podcast is to share hope. It's for me to be a light in a dark place for somebody that may be going through abuse or going through trauma or going through addiction or has been to prison or is going through mental health issues. It's it's crucial that I share where God has brought me from because it's through our story that we bring and help others to heal 
in their times of, of need and in their times of struggle. And, you know, I don't know what, what you've been through. We all have a story. Um, but I just want you to know that no matter what you've been through, no matter what your story is, you have a voice and you have a truth and you need to share it with the world because you're not the only one going through that. You're not the only person that has that same issue. You're not the only person that's been through abuse or been through addiction or been through prison or has mental health issues or has depression or has anxiety. You're not the only one. And I am only here on this podcast to bring hope through God's word just by sharing the grace and the mercy that he has had on my life. I feel like I'm constantly becoming. I haven't arrived. I'm like, I'm working on my second book. And I just talked about that. I just wrote about that yesterday in my book. It's that it's not about getting to a destination. I think we feel like in our lives, we have to be completely healed. We have to be completely perfect. We have to be making six and seven and eight figures a year. We have to have the perfect business, the perfect family, the perfect life in order to share our story. But that's not the truth. Because nobody in this world will ever arrive at a specific destination until we are in heaven. Because that is our eternal destination. But while we're here on earth, we will always be constantly becoming. So it's important that we share our truth. It's important that we have a voice. It's important that we let others know that they're not alone and that we can all relate in some way and in some form and in some fashion because sometimes it's just your voice that someone needs to hear that brings the greatest healing or the greatest hope or the greatest courage to their life. So... Today, I just wanted to give you a little snippet of my story. Like I said, I could talk about my, my story for a whole day. Um, but I just wanted to give you a little snippet because I know that I have new people that are your new friends on Facebook. And if you happen to check out the YouTube or anything like that, I wanted to make sure that you guys kind of knew who I was. Um, that's my backstory. Now, there is a whole bunch of current story, but that's my backstory um, and that is really the, the root that started this whole podcast. It's the root that started me being able to write a first book and now writing a second book. So I really just thought it was important that I kind of shared where I've came from. And on Monday, I may share what my life looks like now and, you know, how my relationship with God has grown. I'll probably share that on Monday, but today I just wanted to to share a bit of my story to let you know why I'm here, what I'm doing, and to let you know that you have the power to share your story. You have the power to share your truth. And no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, God's grace is sufficient for you. So I hope you have an absolutely amazing day. 
Thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you for hanging out with me for 165 episodes. And I hope you have an awesome day. Bye now.